0: What is up, you guys? Steven Milhausen here. Walkway to Fight Club. It is Thursday, July the 15th, 2021. What a week it has been. Good Lord. UFC 264. Record-breaking UFC 264. Let's just be more frank about it. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier 3. From a sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Dustin Poirier first-round TKO victory via doctor stoppage over Conor McGregor. McGregor broke his tibula and his fibula and is expected to be out for right around 12 months. And a tragic scene at the T-Mobile Arena, not the way you want to see a fight end, not the way Dustin Poirier, I would imagine, didn't want to win. It was just gut-wrenching to see how that happened. Poirier won them just the legit good guys in the sport. And I know Dustin doesn't want to win that way. Not a way, Conor McGregor, if he's going to lose, not a way you want to lose. A lot of controversy surrounding that fight, the aftermath, what McGregor said, making... Disparaging remarks about Poirier's wife. Um, There's two things about the fight game you don't talk about. Family and religion. Beyond that, everything else is fair game. I I do give Poirier credit for not putting a beating on McGregor while he's down there. But, on the other hand, that interview should have never happened. Things I don't like that the UFC does is when fighters are knocked out like that in the main event or suffering a really bad injury like that. Not a fan. I just, that wasn't necessary. It really, really wasn't. Regardless if McGregor did or did not want to talk, you just don't do that. Thought it was a foul. The comments wouldn't have been made and I think we could have moved on and I think this a lot of this would be a non-story I think people also need to remember and this isn't defending the comments the comments were horrific they were wrong but also let's put some context into why those were said just got his legs shattered he's going to be out on he knows he's going to be out you're going through you got to put put yourself in that situation and think about you. Oh, my God. I'm done for X amount of time. That wasn't thought about in this situation, and it was quite unfortunate. And a win is a win. It's hard. In the record books, they'll go down as a win. Would Poirier have won in the second round? He was looking that way. For being for being honest about it, but we also the be devil's advocate for a second. You don't know. That's why it's called a fight. Who knows how, what would have happened in that second round? You don't know. John Kavanaugh, the coach, Conor McGregor, thinks a knockout would have happened. I don't know if Kavanaugh's right. I don't know if he's wrong. Don't. No one knows. That's why it's the fight. game. Anything can happen. The tide of a fight can change with a snap of the fingers. Maybe McGregor comes out, wins in the second round. I don't know. Only one way to find out that the fight happened. We see the fight play out. We didn't get that opportunity. But a good good fight by Dustin Poirier. McGregor had his moments. I thought McGregor had control of the first half. Poirier had a more dominant second half. And kudos. He, he's legitimately the number one contender. It'll be him and Charles Oliveira. I hope we get that, the New Year's Eve show, the end of the year. I'm hoping. That's an awesome fight. It's a fight that should be made. So It'll be interesting to see how the UFC goes about making that fight and when it will take place. I think either December or beginning of 2021. I don't think Oliveira wants to be out seven months. I can even see If Poirier's not going to be ready by December, Oliver going a different route, we'll have to see what happens though. But thank you for everyone who's been lit. Man, you guys are just rocking and rolling here, listening to all these, listening to my horrid mouth. Thank you so much. Listening to the episode with Sean O'Malley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, previewing their respective fights at UFC 254. We went one and one Sean O'Malley... Awesome performance against Chris Montino. Wonderboy Thompson came up short against Gilbert Burns in the co-main event. Hey, we can't win them all. Maybe I'm bad luck. Maybe I'm good luck. I don't know. Well, hopefully our guest today, hopefully she will have good luck coming up in her return to the Octagon. It's been a minute, four and a half years. The former women's bantamweight champion of the UFC in Strikeforce. The great, the future Hall of Famer, Misha Tate. Me and Misha used to talk all the time, and it's been a minute since Misha Tate and me have talked, and it was a fantastic conversation. Really looking forward to you guys listening to this, because it was – she gave me a lot of time on where where her headspace was at, taking the time off. When did she go down that downward spiral? When did she feel like she wasn't mentally and physically – into fighting and the fan answer to me was very very fascinating what she did when she decided i'm bouncing what's what did she do on her vacation where she went and just drove the country part of the country anyway which i i thought that was pretty cool and what how she how that helped clear her head where her mind space was at becoming a mom she's a mother of two a three- and a one-year-old. What does her three-year-old think of mommy returning to fighting? It's going to be interesting. It, it's great to hear and see that Misha Tate is in a good spot. Because she is one of the good ones. And we need more of that in this world. And, and where she's at now, she's in her good space. But very interesting in those topics. And then... Does she want to be the one to dethrone Amanda Nunes and become the women's bantamweight champion? And how many fights she thinks she needs to get there? Here is the podcast. Here is the great interview with the former women's bantamweight champion, Misha Tate. She returns to the Octagon this coming Saturday night, UFC fight night at the Apex in Las Vegas. You can catch it on ESPN and also ESPN+. Plus. She faces Marion Renault, the former UFC women's bantamweight champion, Misha Tate. And is it weird doing these interviews, Misha, knowing
1: Fight Week is here? Or have you gotten back into I that like- group yet? I still want to just keep saying it. I'm like, ah, like, fight week is here. It's crazy to me. I never <laughs> thought I would be saying this again. I'm just in a crazy, like, twilight almost. I don't, I, it feels like I'm right, you know, like I'm picking up where I left off. Like, it's like that phone call that you, 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 you pick up with your best friend or that you haven't seen that friend in years, but you yeah. just, it's like you never skipped a beat. That's how I feel. You know, the
0: you when the UFC reached out and they're like, they gave me a list and I'm like, I already know who I want an interview. I'm like, the text message was already coming to see if we could set something up with you. And it's like, like you said, it feels like old times. And yeah, what were you November 12th, 2016 you walked out of Madison square garden. What were your thoughts? You already announced your retirement. You're walking out of the arena and you're going, what was the first thing you did when you walked out of MSG? Uh.
1: Tried to avoid going to my medicals because I was like, I quit. I don't need to go to medicals. I fought with Dana. That's what I did. I, I had a fight after the fight. He was like, Don't make me leave this arena and come and fight you. I literally, I ran. I didn't want to go. They were like, You have to go to the hospital. I'm like, Bullshit. I don't have to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just like, I'm checked out. Like, I'm not part of this company anymore. Like, I was just done. And uh, needless to say, I'm going to the hospital. But I, <laughs> I was going to ask you, that. did you go to the hospital? <laughs> I did. Cause they was like, I'm going to have to leave and do it, you know, come and find you. And I was like, fine, I'll go. But, um, yeah, that was, I was just so checked out. I didn't want to do any of it. I was just done.
0: You know, I've seen a lot of interviews that, you know, you've described the process and, yeah. you know, but you know, now that you're, you're getting closer to fight week, and I haven't seen you too much this week yet. And is it surreal at all to you that now you're getting back into this now when, Five years ago your headspace was in, the, in a completely different place
1: it's uh it is I mean I, it, I never thought in a million years when I was in that place and I was in that turmoil and I, I felt very alone I felt very isolated I felt uh I didn't see a way out and So I just had to make a big change in my life. I had to get away from and and cut ties with all the things that that were kind of keeping me in that same place, even though right? Familiarity is comfortable. So sometimes we hold on to things that we don't, that aren't good for us, right? We stay in relationships too long, or we, maybe we stay in that job too long, whatever. It's sometimes it's human tendency to be like, but I'm scared of what I don't know. And that's where I was, but I had to make that bold decision. And, uh, I did. So I, I retired, um, you know, I had uh, already cut ties with a lot of the, uh, my personal life things that were not going well with that. And, um, I just went on a road trip. I took two weeks and I took my dog and I just went, I went wherever I wanted, stopped where I, I soul searched basically and in a nutshell is what I did. And then, um, you know, over the past four and a half years, I've continued to answer a lot of the questions that I had and I've, I've healed. Um, I've healed from that. Cause I asked myself the really difficult questions, why I was feeling the way that I was where, why I was at, where I was at, and you know, who did I need to, better myself with? And who did I need to distance myself with? And so I rekindled relationships that were important to me that had deteriorated. And I let go of ones that were um, not conducive to where I wanted to go. And uh, so I just followed my heart and here, like, lo and behold, where did I end up again? Like, truly, I believe my problem was never with the sport. It never was. It it was my tie-ins to the sport. And I didn't know how to break free from that. You know, my personal life was, it was all intertwined. So I had to kind of just step away from it all and really find myself. And I did, you know, I'm, I have a fiance now who is just the most amazing man in the world. And I have two beautiful children and my parents are more involved in my life than ever. And, uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's very fulfilling training as a mother is, such a different feel inside the gym. It's you know, my daughter, she's just turned three years old. So she's in there and she's asking me to wrap her hands while I'm wrapping her, you know, she wants it, she's so awesome. cute. She closes the door when I spar, you know, like Pedro, she's just oh it's and then my son is one year old. So, you know, um I'm still a nursing mother too. Like I'm still nursing my son and I just love the polarity. I love being able to do both and you know love my children and and fight. And I think that as a culture, as a whole, we should embrace women, you know, doing both more.
0: No, you're hundred percent right on that. And I was going to say, congratulations on the engagement. I saw it on Instagram and I <laughs> thought that was just really awesome, man. A good moment for you. And where did you go for two weeks? Where did you drive? What was like the coolest place you went to in your two week excursion away from life?
1: oh i drove up the coast on the highway 101 oh i I know what you're talking about yeah 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 yeah. from las vegas so i actually started in colorado um i started in kansas city and i drove to colorado springs and i hiked uh in colorado i forget there so there's beautiful really nice hikes there's a lot of them in but in colorado springs right um drank from the springs then i went from there to vegas made a quick pit stop where i lived changed things out, packed up and just drove up the coastline, saw friends, stopped at wineries, slept on the beach in my car. Like I just did whatever it whatever kind of just made me feel good. And I'm a very random person. So that's what it was. I went to watershed. uh, up, up in the gorge i don't know if probably some people are familiar up in washington but i ended up making okay. it all the way up to washington wow. and then i wow. i hit, reached out to all my family in washington and all my friends and i just took that time to rekindle relationships so yeah it was really good
0: you know a lot of people and we all know the personal stuff that happened and but the, the question i wanted to ask pertaining to that was you know you, we look at fighters you know i talk to people in mma boxing pro wrestling and we only get a snippet And these like 10, 15 minute sessions with you guys. And we don't know what goes on outside of this and outside of cage time or in the boxing or in the pro wrestling ring. How did you ever realize how much your personal life affected your cage
1: performance? No, no, because it was all I knew uh, since I was 19 years old, um, the familiar face and coach and, uh, partner and whatnot was this, this, uh, consistent thing in my life. And, uh, since my very first fight, so I didn't know any different. And I guess now as I've matured and I've learned so much about myself and about just people in general, I mean, this doesn't just apply to me, but I was in a situation I felt like I could not escape and I couldn't get out, That I didn't have the strength to leave. I felt stuck. And for years I stayed in an unhealthy situation because I just didn't know how to get out. And I just felt like I couldn't. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes you have to place yourself in hot water to really know how strong you are. And, um, I, I was in hot water and I, I felt like I had a choice, you know, that, um, Actually, what I felt like is that I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I felt yeah. like if I kept going down that road, that it was going to be very, very bad for me. Like I'm talking like thoughts, like I don't want to be here anymore, kind of bad. That's not an option for me, you know? And and so I chose a different route because I had no other choice. And that route was to do the scariest thing ever, was to stop fighting and was to, to, to leave the relationship and was to... Um, exit all of it you know exit exit it all and uh, I didn't know what was going to happen but it was really scary that's you know to let go of everything you know it was really really scary but uh, I just thought if I put one foot in front of the other eventually you know even if it's just a little pinhole of light in a dark room like I was running at it you know what I mean I was like that's where I need to go and pretty soon that little pinhole led to another you know and pretty soon the light's filling the room and so that's just, that's how I got to where I'm at. You know, I just kept following the things that just made me feel a little bit better in those relationships and surrounding myself with people. And it was a collection of positivity. When you put that energy out into the world, it will come back to you. That, that's what I did.
0: You know, you said you have a three-year-old, you're, you can have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I have two boys and one's about to be five and one just turned two in the five-year the soon to be five-year-old is starting to understand fighting. And he's starting to get the concept of fight night and what it's all about. And what is your three year old? Does your three year old understand yet? Or even just a little bit of what mommy's been going through the last couple months and what's going to happen come Saturday
1: night? I don't think so. You know, on her little simple level, she sort of gets it. Yeah. Um, but it's just normal to her. Like she doesn't know any different, right? She sees mommy train. She sees. I had a phone call with her. I was I was uh, on my way to a to the the uh, Chappelle show actually just the other week, and uh first thing that I you know first time I was going out in the camp, and I was like, you know what? I just need to have a laugh, right? It's, you know, yeah. have yeah. a good time. Help. Call my daughter because it's time for bed, and what she tells me? Okay, good night, mommy, and she says, and don't smack anybody. <laughs> <laughs> She's <laughs> holding. So I mean she's correlating that mommy tends it. to smack people sometimes, you know. Evidently, I, I tend to punch people. So um she does understand in her little her little realm of reasoning. And I do we watch fights together and whenever the girls are on, especially I kind of yeah. point out, hey, look, and I try to just um I don't want her to be scared for me. She's also very empathetic and she's like, Oh, do you have an owie? Like anytime anybody has an owie, she's just like her heart breaks. So yeah. I'm trying to get her a little accustomed to like, Hey, they look what they're doing. They're fighting. They're having fun. They're playing. Mommy likes to do that. So I explained to her and that, that's, you know, that's about where we're at. She, she will watch my fight at home and on the TV when I fight. And um, we'll see what she makes of it when it's all said that.
0: There you go. You know, when, people come and become parents especially in in this genre it's hard you know some people fight it's fighting for yourselves or fighting for your family do you feel like more of this return is for yourself is it for your kids or is it really like a 50 50 type of thing i
1: would say it's almost a it's like it's like 100 percent for myself to be honest um uh, I wish I could uh, say that it was more for, for my kids or for anybody else, but it's the the simple truth of it for me is that this is for me. However, I feel like the ripple effect benefits everyone around me because you know, when my glass is full, I'm able to kind of pour a little into everybody yeah. else's glass, you know, for, for a you know, metaphor's sake, right? So I go to the gym, I train, I come home, I'm ready to be the best mommy, you know, as opposed to I, I'm, I'm just... I'm just not cut from that. I admire women who can stay home 24/7 with the kids. I'm not really cut from that cloth, and and maybe that's an unrealistic expectation that we hold women to, like that they're supposed to be able to do that. But that I feel like could make anybody go insane, because even yeah. if you love your children, yeah. right, it's just difficult to be around a three-year-old, the a one-year-old all day long when they just constantly fighting and demanding for your attention in different ways. It's just it's hard for any person to, you know, to be asked to do that. So when I go to the gym and I spend my hour or two there and I come home, I'm ready to be mommy. I'm ready to service my children in any way that they need. And I have the ability to do that because I've already fulfilled mommy's needs. Now I can be mommy, you know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like um, that's also an example. Like I wanna show my daughter that it's okay for her to dream and, and wanna be a mom and wanna be you know an executive or CEO or fighter or whatever she wants to be that she could do it all. And then I want my son to see that, like his father does, like to appreciate a woman who can hold her own and, and be that partner. And, um, you know, that's what I want. I want to show my children through my actions more than my words.
0: What is your goal in, in this comeback? You know, you've already achieved a lot. You've been in main events. You have faced the best in the world. You have faced legends. What's the goal of Bisha Tate 2.0?
1: to be a champion, to be a champion again. Uh, I will be the first woman to be a mother of two to be a world champion again. Um, It's, you know, a mountain. It's certainly a large feat and it probably sounds unrealistic and out of this world, but you know, when I look back at my 19 year old self, my 20 year old self, my 21 year old self, and I had time and time had these crazy dreams that nobody thought was possible or could ever happen in the wildest dreams to be a part of the UFC. When that was unheard of, women were not allowed and were never according to Dana <laughs> going to be in the UFC. Right. And then you get in the UFC and, uh, well, you'll never be a champion, you know? Um, and you know, I did these things. So, uh, I'm not going to allow anybody else to put limitations on what I can do, because I know what I'm capable of. And now more than ever, I have the confidence. Um, I've let go of the things that were bringing me down. Uh, I don't have the same insecurities that I had before. I'm a much more complete person. I know who I am. I know my worth. I know what I bring. And I'm no longer the woman who has to fight and win in spite of. And that's the difference. That's the difference this time. It's not in spite of it's, I'm just going to bring my best version of myself. I don't need all that extra baggage and turmoil. I'm just going to bring the best and that's it.
0: What well, who would it mean more to beat Amanda for the title or anybody else? Does it have to be Amanda in your mind?
1: Um. Well, that's who I envision right now, but I'm sure a lot could change. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I sit back and I envision my future, it's envisioning myself beating Amanda because she's the one that took the title from me. So, um, you know, she, and I don't want to take anything away from her because I mean, there is nothing to take away from the woman. She's so beast. She's the best, you know, she's the greatest of all time. So, but I, you know, I want, uh, I guess to be an open book um, and then just say like, know, she really beat me at one of the times when I was at my worst, you know, when I, when I was emotionally and mentally and, uh, you know, my camp was fine. It didn't have like necessarily injuries, but I was just in such a terrible place. I just, uh, I was in a bad place. I was in a bad place when I fought Holly too. I was, I I don't know how I did that, to be honest. I really don't. Uh, I was in a bad place for a lot of my camps, but the downward trajectory was, uh, you know, it was Amanda. And then obviously the fight after that, because like you said, nine months after winning the title, I mean, that doesn't just, it doesn't just happen that fast. Like this is something that had been prolonged for a long period of time. And I think the last time I was able to muster up enough was against Holly. And after that, I just didn't, I don't know. I just wasn't present.
0: And we have two more questions. and we will add, I want to, how many fights do you think you need? Cause you got to remember, You know, you will be four and a half years when you return on Saturday night. And it's going to maybe it'll take a little time. Maybe you're going to come in there and knock her out in 20 seconds. You know, MMA is such a tricky sport. And you're laughing there. Do you envision it at all? I I think you do, Misha Tate, that you're going to be like, 20 seconds doesn't sound bad. I can get in, get out, get home and be with the kids.
1: Crazy. I mean, I laugh because like that would be the best case scenario, but uh, to I always mentally prepare for like yeah. the full three rounds, you know, so I'm just like, that would be like, I don't know, that would be like ice cream and cake and all of it. And I get it all, you know, like 20 second knockout. But you know what, I'm, I'm happy to spend some time in there because it's been a little bit longer, you know, a little, a little longer, but I want this finished too. So like I'll take it any way that it comes like I'm not going to force anything, but I will, I will be looking for that. I'll be looking to get a finish for sure. It's a tough sport. And so is Marion like she's a very tough veteran. She's never been finished. She's never been finished. I mean, that's crazy. I don't know very many women in the UFC who've been in the UFC for a long time and fought a lot of the best who can say they've never been finished. So Um, That would be a big feather in my cap. I definitely I'm hoping to accomplish that on Saturday.
0: How many fights do you think you need to get yourself ready for a top contender?
1: How many fights do I think I need? Um, I think a lot of it will be based off of this performance. To be honest, I'm not doing this sport because it's comfortable, right? We have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable And I have had the most amazing camp. I feel like I'm in the best place, but we have to see how that actually translates. We cannot recreate that. There is no recreating fights. I can spar all I want. I can do all these things. There's no single way to recreate what it's like on fight night. So I need to test myself and I need to see where I'm at. And then I think I'll be able to make a better assumption. But I mean, realistically, I don't think if all goes according to plan that I would need more than, than, then three to feel to feel ready to fight for the title? I think I think I'm on that track.
0: Are we still going with the nickname Cupcake?
1: Yeah, still cupcake.
0: <laughs> so what's the snack when you get home? Is it like you said you talked about ice cream?
1: I know. Right? Are you, are we are we going to ice
0: cream or cupcakes after the big win at home?
1: Uh cupcakes, definitely. Yeah. We're gonna go cupcakes. Maybe ice cream too though, because ice cream and cupcakes is good, right? So
0: do you use do you have ice cream with cupcakes? Because right now I'm getting hungry for that right now, actually.
1: I do. Ice cream and cupcakes is amazing. But I would definitely always choose a cupcake over ice cream if I had to like make a single choice. That's like no comparison. Definitely cupcakes. That's a rough one. Why should we have to choose?
0: No, Now has- you're making me choose me and I don't know if I want to choose between ice cream and cupcakes. I can just have both at the same time.
1: You can. And, and I will after Saturday too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she returns her long awaited return to the Octagon Saturday night. UFC fight night from the apex in Las Vegas in the co-main event against Marion Renault. You can catch it. The main card begins on ESPN and ESPN plus at 10 PM Eastern. It's good to have you back. It's great to see one of the pioneers in the sport doing what she does best and doing what she loves. And now she is a mother and two and to be married soon. Misha, it's a pleasure. Congratulations on the engagement. Glad you're back and can't wait to see you on Saturday night.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, hope everybody enjoys the
0: fight. All right. Thank you, Misha. Talk soon. Thank you. A big thank you to Misha Tate. UFC fight night coming up on Saturday night out at the Apex in Las Vegas. You can catch it on ESPN and ESPN plus. Looking forward to that card though. It's a sneaky You got Misha Tate, Marion Ranal, and then you got a very interesting main event with Islam Makachev and Thiago Moses. We're gonna see how great Islam Makachev is. A lot of hype. mean he has him been fighting frequently and I think that's it's good to see him back to back in there pretty quickly this year so it's already good to see him get his second fight in he needs to be active we think he's good he hasn't faced the cream of the crop yet he hasn't faced a top 10 guy or he hasn't even faced a ranked opponent well he did face one in drew dober and he ran drew dober over how is he going to fare against a top 10 top five guy I don't know that yet. I don't know how good he is. Facing unranked opponents is really its really difficult to gauge someone when A, the fighter is unranked, and number two, he's only faced one guy in the top 15. So I need to see more. He's got all the tools. Singh is believing, but he is on his way. But we need to know it's time for us to see how good he is. If he does what we think he's gonna do Saturday night, then I think it's time for a top ten guy. I really, really do. He's good. He's very good. It's easy to look great against that bottom tier. Let's let's get him in there against the, the big guns and let's see how good he is. There's only one way to find out. And that's put him in there and let's see how let's see what he can do. But big thank you to Misha Tate. Big thank you to the UFC for helping coordinate the interview. It's simple guys to find the walkway to fight club. It's not hard. Just subscribe and review. It's all you got to do helps this podcast move up in the rankings. And you can listen anyway, got we're all over the place. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. Just rock and roll. That's all you guys got to do. I make it so simple for you guys. It's pretty easy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all these crazy platforms I've never heard of. (laughs) I didn't know there were so many places to listen to a podcast. But just subscribe, review to the Walkway to Fight Club, and that's all you guys got to do. It means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. Tomorrow, there will be a podcast tomorrow with the legendary Divas champion, current women's tag team champion, one half of the women's tag team champions. An all-time legend in my mind in women's wrestling, Natalia Nyhart. Talk about everything. What would it mean to win? Who she's dedicating the women's money in the bank ladder match to? What side would she challenge if she won? She really is a woman without a brand. She competes on Raw and SmackDown. So which title would she go for? Where I propose she de- challenges the whoever the SmackDown women's champions, where she should do that. And a tease for uh, a s- something, and I'm going to break in a little while here. All I'm going to say is, and evolve someone called the man. We can leave it at that. That, and is she the female Randy Orton? Very intriguing answer from the great Natalia Nightheart. But don't forget, Subscribe and review the Walkway to Fight Club. That's all you guys got to do. Thank you so much. This is Steven Mielhausen, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. I'm out of here.